millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. We're in the studio this morning with Brother Johanna. He is a Christian from Pakistan, another of our one-name guests. We like to protect uh, the safety of our brothers and sisters who come and share their stories with us. Brother Johanna, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. It is such a pleasure to have you here Let's talk kind of at a very broad level. What What is it like right now to be a Christian in Pakistan? What, what do you face as a follower of Jesus Christ in a, a very heavily Muslim country like Pakistan? It's very difficult to live in Pakistan as a Christian. But thanks God that Christian in Pakistan, they're very faithful. And they know that uh, they will face persecution on the name of Christ. They are suffering. They are suffering big time. They are suffering. And Muslim, they are uh, 97.6. And uh, Christians are only 1.6 in Pakistan. So being a minority, we face many problems. There are uh, uh, different kind of groups, Muslim groups, those who are making problems for the Christians. Uh, the government of Pakistan... They, they give uh, relaxation to uh, Christians. They can uh, say their prayers. They can hold the meetings, even in the street or even the big stadiums. They, they can do that. But the fundamental groups, there are many, many groups. And uh, some are very active, some are not very active. But the Christians, they have a strong faith and they, they follow the Christ. They follow the Jesus Christ. And I know... Just a few weeks ago, there was a very significant attack in Pakistan um, affecting a lot of Christians. And can you kind of talk us through what, what happened that day? What led up to the attack? What happened? How did, how did Christians respond? There are different stories about the uh, incident, why and uh, what happened, whether it was a planning or whether it was a just accidental case. But I think that was a planning because when uh, Muslims came for attack, uh, they had chemical, they had cranes to uh, demolish the churches and all. And uh, they, they gathered about 6,000 people. They were uh, uh, in the city and they were uh, damaging, they were burning homes, they were burning churches. And even uh, in the small villages, about 3,000 people, they, they came in the villages also. And they, so th that was the planning. And that start from the blame that Christian boys did disgrace the Quran. And they, they are blaming that they, they, there was uh, other Christian boy have uh, some dispute with the Christian boy. And then they, uh, they said that uh, Christian boys uh, have a dispute with the Muslim uh, guy. So uh, there are different stories. So in the early in the morning, uh, somebody saw that uh, some Muslim saw that there was a Quran, uh, Quranic paper uh, lying in the uh, street. So they uh, tell one of the mullah over there. And uh, early in the morning, about 7.30, and that mullah, he uh, opened his loudspeaker 
and he announced that that uh, the christian they disgraced the quran and you are sitting in your homes having breakfast we are muslims and you should come together and uh, you should uh, take revenge of that and then muslims they uh, start coming towards that place and then they start attack but first attack i think it was about uh, 10 o'clock from 10 o'clock till 7 o'clock in the evening they uh, continuously they was burning churches and all uh, homes and within few hours the whole jalawala city and the surrounding areas churches and homes was burned so as a christian living in one of those villages you hear the announcement on the loudspeaker of the mosque hey you know the christians have have disrespected a quran we need to take revenge on them what do the christians do when they hear those kind of announcements like like what is their response see local administration they came to know that this is going to happen and then they they announce in the uh, colonies christian colonies and they make uh, them aware that this can happen you 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 should leave your home so christians they left their homes some some uh, some people ran away to their relatives near villages so they they just uh, spread in different cities and different villages and uh, the hide themselves even in the uh, field of uh, sugarcane now is the season of sugarcane wow. so they they went there that's why there was no uh, injuries there there was no uh, death uh, the only the burned the homes and churches and what about the police is, is there like a response from the authorities to say wait a minute we need to put a stop to this we need to protect or is or they just kind of get out of the way in jadawala the police station is very small there there is no uh, number of uh, policemen okay. so they they were, they were, they were few. vastly outnumbered and they they were helpless okay. a lot of people came but when they saw that many people are coming and they are, they start burning and all then they call uh, army also and then they call other police from other uh, district also so then there was a lot of police and army Uh, actually police was like uh, uh, they were doing but not very strongly when army came they took over and army is a strong army uh, pakistani army is very strong so they took over and then things were uh, cooled down this attack starts at 10 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. it goes all the way till 7 o'clock in the evening 6000 angry people shouting yeah. yeah what was the end result how how much damage was done there was 26 churches they was burnt 11 pastor houses was burnt many houses around about it, it is about uh, 98 houses was burnt some was uh, totally damaged some was uh, partially damaged but around about 200 families when they left the homes people came in their uh, house and they looted all the things like refrigerator like computer like camera even uh, there was girls uh, those who are going to have marriages that this month or next month they have dowry mm-hmm. in in their home they have gold in their home they took everything so around about 200 families were damaged like that wow. also yeah affected uh, like that now you you mentioned the word christian colony like like this is an area where almost all the people are christians how common is that in pakistan do do christians and muslims pretty much live separately from each other or is that particular to this place or yeah in in uh, in cities there are a lot of muslims living there and there are small uh, place uh, small separate colonies 
and uh, some some are mixed also mm-hmm. and uh, the, they are living together so the uh, in christian area the, we call it christian colony there are some uh, different areas where only christian lives uh, surrounding there are muslims right but uh, the, the specific area is christian area so if if you were an angry mob of muslims you would know where to go to find the christians yes and yeah. and that's what happened in this particular situation Around about ten areas, ten Christian areas okay. were affected. Yeah. What What was the response of Christians in Pakistan to this attack? More sort of broadly across the country, because obviously, if I'm a Christian and I see other Christians getting their houses burned down, getting their churches burned down, there's going to be an element of fear there. What was the response of Christians? Immediately, uh, uh, when people heard that, immediately they start uh, helping. They they start coming to Janawala. And lot of Christian uh, organizations, lot of Christian churches around uh, uh, the Pakistan, from all over the Pakistan, almost, uh, they came uh, to help in Jalamala. And they give food, they give uh, different things, whatever they can give, they give give to the people. And people uh, were happy over there. They were thankful to the Christian community in Pakistan that they are helping. They help a lot. What does that show to the Muslim community, the fact that, A, there are Christians there, like there are Christian Pakistanis, and here they are, they're coming to help, even in a really dangerous situation? Yes. Some are happy. Some Muslims, they're saying, yeah, they see the Christians, they are coming and they're helping. But some are very jealousy. Even uh, some Muslims, when you go to buy something, the Christians go to buy something on their shop, they said, no, we are not going to give you. But some are very happy that uh, people are coming, Christians are coming, even for foreigners are coming and giving help to them. There was a uh, incident happened that uh, the Christian boy he was passing through, and some Muslims they were sitting there and they they were saying that they start abusing that Christian boy and saying, yeah, now you are getting a lot of money, you are getting a lot of uh, stuff. Now <laughs> you are something else now, yeah. You're proud now that, that we have relation and we, we're getting all the things and all. So they, they were jealousy. Uh-huh. So they beat the uh, Christian boy and then his family, they beat the family. Wow. So some people were in the uh, hospital also. Johanna, when we talk about Pakistan, we often talk about the blasphemy laws. And obviously, in in this case, the, the allegation was that pages of a Quran had been torn. They had been defaced. That would be against the law. That would be against these blasphemy laws. What what do the blasphemy laws mean for Christians in in Pakistan? How are they used against them, and and is there any sign of them changing? Blasphemy law is death for the Christians, death for the minorities or anybody. Mm-hmm. See, first it it was law, it is law even now. But first uh, they was charging uh, this law, and police was coming and arresting them, and then case was going in the court. But now what Muslims are doing, some uh, uh, fundamental organizations, what they are doing, if somebody is falsely accused for that uh, law, they, they come and they burn. So they, they take the, the law into yeah, their own hands. Yeah, like, hey, this person deserves to die, yeah, yeah. so we're going to kill them. Yeah. We're not going to wait for the yeah. court system. We're not going to wait for a judge. Yeah, yeah, they, we're just going to take they, care of they, it. That is, that is very scary and that is very uh, dangerous thing. Uh, for the Christian in Pakistan. 295B is uh, against Quran. If you disgrace Quran, it's 295C, uh, B, that is non-bailable. 
and uh, the penalty is uh, life imprisonment or death. And uh, 295C, if you disgrace, uh, say anything against Prophet Muhammad, they will charge in 295C. 295C is non-bailable and uh, it's death penalty, only death. And I think for our listeners, and and maybe one of the most famous blasphemy cases is Asya Bibi. We, we think about Asya Bibi, and as you say, there's no bail. So you get arrested, you go to jail, and in her case, was she in jail six years, nine, nine years? Nine, nine years. Nine years she was in jail. Eventually the Supreme Court said she's innocent, she can go, but she's never going to get those nine years back. Yeah. See, our struggle is this, uh, the Pakistani Christians' struggle is this, that uh, we are saying that, and we know that that's not going to happen, to repeal this law. Now there's no uh, uh, difference, repeal or not. When you are charged or when somebody say that he's blasphemer, they will burn you, they will kill you, they will uh, burn your home, they will burn your church. Mm -hmm. But... What uh, people are doing, uh, the organizations and uh, uh, the lawyers, they are doing that. Uh, if somebody is charged in in blasphemy, the person who accused, he should be also uh, detained with that. If the, the Christian or uh, who is accused, uh, he is uh, innocent, then the person who put that charge on him, he should be get the same punishment. Uh-huh. So. We are uh, struggling uh, for that. Is there any hope of that becoming the law? Like if you they, file a false charge, mm-hmm. then you suffer the penalty that, that the blasphemer would have suffered. Is there any hope for that in, in the midst of the fundamentalist groups that are so active there? It's very difficult, but we have hope that that can happen because uh, the procedure of the case, that that is changed. The officer in the police station, SHO, we call it SHO, he, he is not allowed to register uh, FIR until the higher authority tell him to lot. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, the, the, so there's the, kind there of was a step a, Yeah, there. there was a change. So we, we are hoping that maybe it will be. And uh, I will request all the listeners, uh, please pray for that, that uh, we can uh, change the procedure of that law. And... You know, one of the things that has happened repeatedly with the blasphemy law, as you say, that it's non-bailable. So you simply point a finger at somebody and say, hey, they said something about Muhammad. Hey, they said something about the Quran. That person gets arrested. If you want to take over their field or take over their house or whatever, they're gone. And our friends in the secular media would say this is also used against Muslims, that, that it's not just minorities that are the victims of this unjust law. Is there a difference in, because I know there is a a Christian community in Pakistan, kind of traditional Christian, and there are Muslims who have now chosen to be Christian, chosen to follow Jesus. Is there a difference in how you're treated as a Christian if you are maybe born in a Christian family versus if you were born in a Muslim family? Yeah, there's a big difference. Uh, If you're born in a Christian family, you're Christian by name, even you are not saved, maybe later on you, you get saved. But if somebody converts from Islam to Christianity, that is uh, very dangerous. And uh, that is in the uh, uh, education of Islam also, that if somebody converts, he is uh, able to kill kill him. Yeah. So he's an apostate. Yeah. yeah. So as a, as a convert, 
your life is more difficult than as a someone born in a Christian family, or potentially yeah. more difficult. Yeah, that's right. What What do converts do? Do they move to someplace else? Do they run for their lives? How do they survive? They are facing many problems out of the job, out of family, and they are running here and there to save their life. There are organizations, those who are helping them to save their life. Some some leave the country. And there's also different between, uh, there, there's a class uh, system also in Pakistan. If you are very rich, if you are very strong, you have strong position, even uh, you are Muslim and convert into a Christian. If you are very strong, nobody will say anything to you. <laughs> and if you are poor, immediately they will after you, come after you. Okay. It's not only a religious situation, it's also based on where you are economically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are other ways that we can pray for our family members, our brothers and sisters in Pakistan? See, right now, Pakistan is red alert. All the Christians, they, they are worried. They are facing many problems because after Janawala incident, continuously there are incidents are happening, small incidents, individually, uh, on the churches also, it's, it's happening. So everybody is afraid. I think that uh, we should uh, remember those people, remember those churches, remember the Pakistani Christians. Pray for their faith. They are already very strong, but being a human being, they are afraid also. This is very natural, very common. When you see that somebody is burning your home or somebody is burning your church, you are, you are afraid. So please pray for the uh, Pakistani Christian, pray for the uh, Janawala uh, Christians, and pray the people, those who are working over there, to help the church, to help the persecuted church. Amen. Mm. Is there any update on Asya Bibi's situation? I know she left Pakistan. Is is she completely sort of under the radar now, or is there any kind of public? Does she have any kind of public? Uh, last month, I uh, heard her interview, and uh, she said that she still she is receiving threats. Wow. Yeah, and uh, she 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 was worried in that interview. So the radical Muslims in Pakistan have not forgotten no. Asya Bibi. They have not not, not, not in even uh, just from Pakistan, but where where she is and wherever uh, she goes, Muslims are there. So she's still in danger. Yeah, she said I I'm, I'm receiving threats. Wow, that's hard. That's hard for us to imagine. I know a lot of our listeners prayed for her when she was in prison. They prayed for her during the court process. Uh, so don't stop. Don't stop praying for her as she is still in danger. Is the gospel spreading in Pakistan? I mean, we mentioned Muslim converts. We mentioned the danger that they face. Are there still many coming to faith? It is not stop, and it will not stop. See, there are organizations, those who are distributing Bibles. They are going in uh, d- difficult areas. Pastors are going in difficult areas, and uh, the organizations, they're providing them Bible, and they're, they're distributing. They're not afraid. So they're going there, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I want to encourage you this week, as you have listened to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Pakistan, to pray for the advance of the gospel. Brother Johanna, if, if people want to pray specifically for those affected by the attack in Jaranwala, what, what are the the specific needs or the specific people that that need help in the in the aftermath of that attack there are many things people can do for them uh, in many ways uh, they can pray like 11 pastors they totally destroy their home 
eleven pastors but we are worried about uh, them also the pakistani organizations they are worried about them also that how they will continue the work mm-hmm. so please pray them that in the midst of these things they should uh, stay strong not uh, worried about the things worried about that uh, how they can keep uh, their work evangelistic work and then the students uh, young students last week we saw that when the children start going to the school muslim schools they stop they said go uh, this is we not the time yeah we don't want to and the daily liberal uh, labors they they are not getting job because they are christian they said no 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 we will not put you on the job so please pray for these these people for their uh, strong faith that midst of these all things they should be strong in their faith amen we had a previous guest here, a Pakistani Christian, and I'll, I'll never forget the analogy he used. He said, persecution for Christians in Pakistan is like the air that you breathe. You don't wake up in the morning and wonder if there's going to be air. And he said, we as Christians in Pakistan, we don't wake up in the morning and wonder if there's going to be pressure and persecution. It's every day. It's all around us. It's it's what we deal with every day. So uh, I've never forgotten that, and I hope that helps our listeners to pray for you, Brother Johanna, and to pray for Christians in Pakistan. Thank you for sharing with us this week. Thank you very much. Now, this was a pri- privilege for me that I am here with you and talking to you and uh, the listener. God, well, bl- God bless you. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us, As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio. Voice for the Persecuted.